Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. What, has, what are you deconstructing? What do you need to get rid of? What do you need to go, I'm not quite sure. Is our salvation, is our relationship with God based on just God being Lord and Savior? Or is it more than that? Last week, uh, we did start a brand new series called Imagine God, and I got to tell you, this has been the one talk, like the one sermon that I gave, and I've had so much feedback from. I kid you not, even this morning, and it's been consistent, and the consistent feedback has been that it was the best sermon you ever preached. Now, that's great, but it's downhill from now, so from here, so... (laughs) Like, I'm like, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to, so even this morning, a guy was like, hey, in the band, he was like, man, that was the best sermon you ever preached. I, 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 honestly, I just think you're the best sermon. And I was like, well, today is going to, I don't even know what's going to happen today. I don't know if I can do better. Um, but it's, honestly, it was, it's the content. It's the content because I think what I did and I did not even know, I gave a lot of you permission to reimagine and rethink construct and just ask the questions about who God is, uh, like uh, that what you and I have been taught or given to in terms of what a relationship with Jesus looks like, uh, what the, the, the scriptures talk about God or what people talk about God and what, what we've used to do or have been doing. I think I just gave us permission to go, let's just reconstruct here a little bit because some people are honestly just doing that. I mean, statistically, people are moving away from church because of what's happened the last several years, and this pandemic has not helped the matter at all. And people are acting, in fact, they're deconstructing in a sense, or they're like going, I don't believe this anymore because I've seen this person or that person do something, or this Christian do something, or this Christian leader say something, and I, can't, I have to walk away from this. And I have friends of mine who are pastors who've been a, a part of a certain denomination who find themselves, they, to quote them, tribalists. They're like, I'm not quite sure if I'm in uh, part of this party or I'm part of this denomination. I'm not quite sure because I don't know. Could the, could the real Jesus please stand up? Yeah. Like, what is going on? And so I think that's been the content. So last week we talked about a lot of things. We covered, I mean, we covered salvation and, and being a, a Lord and Savior, the whole concept of, uh, of, of original sin but also inherent goodness. And, and I think it's been extremely liberating. And that was the big idea last week. That I said, hey, God, Jesus is not just a personal Savior and Lord and Savior. He's personal Lord and liberator. And that gives us a responsibility to live the life that he's liberated us from sin and death. 
And so God has done something in the world, and now we are responsible to actually live that out, out and be his agents of change in the world because of what we have done. And no longer are we going to play the part of just being, oh, we're saved, we're saved, we're saved, and please, 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 God, rescue us. We're not playing that victim card anymore. We're going, no, 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 God has liberated us, and now we step into it. Now we change the world through him. We love like no one else loves. We move forward in grace and mercy and truth like no one else does. You see, if when the church starts doing that, friends, hello, watch out because it changes the game. And that means you and I have to have the courage to reimagine what we've been always taught to believe. And so this morning, I want to just take it a little further. And my prayer, my prayer, um, I've been thinking about this. And last week I said, my prayer is that you and I would just know and see or see and love God the way he sees and loves us. And I know it's pretty abstract, but I found this passage uh, because we spent some time in Colossians last week. And uh, Colossians chapter 2, let me read this. Uh, this is a prayer that Paul had. And Paul, uh, we're going to spend some time reading his letters. And he's the guy who seriously de- deconstructed. But he writes this, and this is, um, this, is, this is the prayer. right? He says this. He says, my goal, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know, they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, I love this because for some of us, we're like, okay, this is a lot. But see, it's time for us to have deep um, conversations and just sit in the magnitude of who God is and what he's calling us to. It's about time that we just don't have these simple answers of, okay, this is this and this and this. And we have like an elevator pitch of what, we, what salvation is or what a relationship with God looks like. It's, it's us moving past this idea of like, no, we'll just say the thing, we'll stamp the ticket, and we'll keep moving forward. No, it's like going, what does this mean? Pursuing God in this rich way. So that's my prayer for us. So if last week I talked about this, I mean, again, last week I apparently talked about a lot of things, but uh, this idea of like how we have categories of like a sinner and saint, and then God has categories of oppressed and free. And so when he came and sent his son, he liberated all of creation, Colossians says. And so he created us, moved us out of like this idea of being oppressed, but into, into freedom. And so this morning, what I want to do is continue that. What does that look like now? Now that we are, if we are liberated, if we have come to understand that even just a little bit, the next question is, okay, then how do we interact with this God out there? And I think that we have, we don't even know this or we have not realized this, but we interact with God that seriously limits, limits our knowledge of him and our intimacy with him that we have been satisfied with certain things, and some of us have been seriously dissatisfied. And it's all about how we interact with this God out there because we've been told certain things, and we have, we have this, our own theology that we have kind of, kind of put together. And I think possibly for some of us, if not a lot of us, it's limiting. It's limiting. So let's ask the question again. How do you and I interact with God? How do you see God? Okay, so to understand that, I think we need to go to, um, let me ask you this question. I think that would be a good, good way to start this. Let's talk about Amazon. Let's talk about Amazon. How many of you shop at Amazon? Anybody, anybody, anybody. Okay, how many of you have never heard of Amazon? 
Okay, right? Jesus, Amazon, I mean, like, everybody's heard of Amazon, apparently, right? Okay, Amazon, when you buy a product from Amazon, which I do all the time, okay, you know, and Ashley, my wife, uh, she loves it because Amazon is like Christmas every time, you know, like, hey, what do, we, what do we get? You ordered it. Anyways, but it is, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But when I buy a new product, what do I, what do, I do? I, I read the reviews. How many of you read the reviews? We all do. Okay, are you a person, though, that rates like, are you, are you one of those rates review person? Or do you write reviews? Anybody write reviews? Who has time for that? <laughs> Trevor, what, you, got, you got things going on, bro, in your life. Who does that? I appreciate it because I read them. But then I think, who would write a book about this? And then put links to other things. Dude, get some friends. <laughs> do something. Like, sorry, I just, I, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I do, I do. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So if Jesus was on Amazon, what kind of review or reviews would he get? What kind of rating would he get? You're like, what? If Jesus was on Amazon, what do you think would be his reviews? What kind of rating would he get? And now I know some of you guys are like, hey, dude, bro, 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 Jesus is not, uh, he's not a product. He's not a product. Come on, he's not a product. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. I get that. And, uh, you know, I get that. But then let me ask you this. Why do you think, if you just stop and consider, why do you think that Jesus has been preached, branded, and sold like one? Like, if you, if you think about it, he has been preached as the miracle cure. He's the miracle cure. Apply him on every situation. Boom. If you, didn't, if you didn't get the results, guess what? You didn't do it right. He's been portrayed as the prosperity pill. I got more. Uh, how about that? Like the, uh, this is cheesy, but super cheesy. But you know. He's like the dopest, dopest, sorry, okay, sorry. Okay, dopest drug to reach your destiny. How about this? He comes with an eternal lifetime warranty and guarantee, my friends. He does. Now, you, we, we think, oh, come on, that's not, it's funny and all that, it's cute and all that, but come on, come on, let's think about this. Let's think about this. I mean, if, we, we, if, we, if, we were to, if, if, if the Jesus that we've been told to believe or the Christianity we've been handed down, it kind of comes to that. And, and for some of us, I think when you put some reviews on there, you might even say, this is something Trevor would probably write. He would say something like possibly, because he's the only one who writes this stuff, okay, <laughs> reviews. He would write, he would say, product was not what it claimed to be. Yeah. For some people, that's true. Product was underwhelming. Product fell apart after few tries or trials in life. Great product, so awesome, I got it from my whole family. Best product, highly recommended, BTW, it is cheaper to get it at this church. <laughs> what? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like there are parts of my life journey with God that I have viewed God as a product with a promise. And I interact with him like that. How about you? We, act, we interact with him like that. You look at the scriptures, you look at your times with God, and you, 
interact with God. We, we, Jesus is, comes, is the product. We accepting is the product. And then he comes with a promise. And there are so many promises. Eternal life is a promise. A lifetime guarantee is a promise. Never, him never forsaking you is a promise. It's all a, a product. It's all a product. And at some point, at some point what happens is that we wake up because we maybe believe this stuff or buy this stuff early on in life, and then you wake up and you're an adult and life doesn't work like that, and you go, hold up, I don't believe any of that because the product didn't work. Or how many of you even said this? I tried Jesus and it didn't work for me. We've heard this. Why? Because we've taught this and allowed people to talk about God and Jesus like a product. We're like, I'm telling you, we sell him every Sunday. Every Sunday. And guess what? The benefit is what? Heaven, bro. Sign the dotted line, heaven forever. You don't want to. And a good marketer always does this. Promises something and then also gives you anxiety about something. (laughs) Right? A good marketer says, buy this now or what? Sales over. Do this now or hell forever. What does a relationship with God look like without the promise of heaven and without the fear of hell? Oh, man, that's a whole different, whole different ball game. No longer is God then a product. He's something bigger than that. And you and I have to wake up to it. One of the uh, passages that I love is these guys had a rude awakening to this, okay? So this is found in the book of Acts. And Acts tells the stories of the early church and disciples and things like that. And so there's these group of guys who are basically going out and doing some incredible things, but they're using Jesus' name, okay? So one of the things we love to do as Christians is we like to use Jesus' name. And what I mean by that, we say the phrase, in Jesus' name, because we think that works, because it worked for Harry Potter, it works for us. We have to say it to activate it. And if you don't say it, it doesn't activate. If you don't say it right, it doesn't activate either. And if you say it with a little bit of, oh, Jesus, then it should work. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, you just keep on saying it. I know this is funny, but I'm like, this is super sad. Here's what these guys woke up to. So here's what happened. These guys try to do exact same thing. So it says here in uh, Acts 19, starting in verse 15, it says, but one time, One time when they, these are the people, they tried it, the evil spirit replied, replied. Now, this is funny because it replies back. Now, it's one thing to just pray over something, but it's another thing for the demon to start talking to you. Like, oh, we're not talking. We're not talking. Just, Just leave, right? No, it starts talking. And this is what this demon says. I know what? I know Jesus. You do? You don't want to start a conversation with a demon who's saying, I know Jesus too. Then we're like, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. I got nothing over you. Okay, I know Jesus. And then he says, I know, I don't know why he says the he, could be a she, doesn't matter. Okay, demon says, I know Paul. But who are you? Oh, we're the ones with the product of Jesus. In Jesus' name, shut up. Like, don't say this. <laughs> Then the, evil, the, then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such a violence that they fled the house naked and battered. 
The story of what happens quickly spread through Ephesus through Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who came became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them, a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire, <laughs> bonfire, and the value of those books were several million dollars. Now, if you ever heard this story, maybe you haven't, but I guarantee you there are more people who've said, hold up, bonfire, youth prep, youth camp? I did that. Oh, back in the day, we did that. We had this worship service and all that, and everybody brought all kinds of books, you know. We bought the John, you know, Bon Jovi records, and we did this, and then we, all the books, and uh, I was talking to Ashley, and she was like, oh, we did the whole thing. We threw it into the fire. We threw it in the fire, and we burned all the stuff. And we, from the story, what we get is this, is that you have to take all the stuff that is not of God and burn it. And that's why people have, and youth groups have done this. Now, I don't know if modern youth groups do this now. I don't think so because they've, learned, they've grown out of it. But there's this idea that here's what we got to do. Oh, so it does not work. I'll tell you why it did not work. It did not work because you had these books. You see, if we had these books and we had these CDs and we had these, these, these things, we have to get rid of them and burn them. And so, so if we burn them, guess what will happen? The thing with the evil spirit will not happen. The problem with this is that the story here, what God is trying to reveal to us is this question. I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? You see, I think for some reason, I don't know why, we think that we can actually, <laughs> this is so crazy, this is so crazy, I don't know why, but we, we think of him as a product in such a way that we can just think, well, we can just apply his name without bearing his name. Like, we can just apply it. Jesus' name. We, we, can, we can use his name without assuming his identity. We think we can invoke his name without even knowing him. And demons even knows. Demons know. Hey, hey, hey. They're like, psst, psst. God's not a product with a promise. He's not like applied this three times a day. Guy, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. But we do it. And we're trying Jesus as a miracle, miracle cure. We are, we're applying the Bible. We're applying the Bible as an instructional, in, only as an instructional manual, and we get more confused and we have more denominations because we're taking something that was so much deeper and we're making it into a manual. We're allowing, we, 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 come on, how many of you, and I've been guilty of this, we have used even the Holy Spirit, Spirit as a product. I've used him to, in, in a sense, to get high. People say things like, I'm, I'm getting high on Jesus tonight. We come in and to get our fix because we've become people who have a drug problem. We're addicted to an experience, to a product, to work a certain way. And no wonder the rest of the world is going, that church thing, I'm deconstructing, I'm, I'm out. Because that is a bunch of of nonsense because it does not work. Another guy who woke up to this, right, who had a rude awakening to what was been taught to him before and then was presented to him was Paul who writes this. You see, Paul had a rude awakening as well, not with the evil spirit, with Jesus himself. 
He was a guy who was a Pharisee of Pharisees. If you know Paul's uh, um, life, you know he was Saul. He was a guy who grew up in, in Jewish tradition and not just a, a basic average tradition. No, he became a Pharisee, which means he was in training for this. He knew the law. He knew a lot of things about a lot of the tradition. He understood di- the different kinds of laws. He understood ceremony. He knew, he knew the importance of it, and he was I mean, he was committed to the law of Moses. He was committed to the traditions of his family and his generation and his nation. He was a guy who was like, no, we are a Jewish nation. We are Jews. This is the deal. I mean, we have the Torah. This is how it happens. The Messiah is going to come, but he's going to come in this way, and that's going to happen. And then when Jesus shows up, Paul has, wants nothing to do with him. He was nothing to do with him because he lived around that time. Nothing. And then when Jesus died and rose again and then the, the, the early church started, they were, called, they were called the way. They weren't called Christians. They were called the way because Jesus used a lot of his terms. It was like, this is the way, this is the way. So they were called the way. And so to him, he was like, I don't want anything to do with the people of the way. Because guess what What happened? It was a new way to approach, approach God. It was for Jewish people who lived in this strict, rich tradition of what, what they thought the Torah was. And for them, the Bible was just the Torah. They thought, this is how God works. And what they did not understand it was he was actually bigger than all of that. And they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And Paul was one of those guys to the point of he was persecuting the church. And in fact, there are stories in the scriptures talking about how he persecuted the church. And so one day, he, Jesus shows up. And if you remember, Jesus shows up and kind of gives him, like blinds him, and he hears a voice from heaven. And it says, why are you persecuting what? You remember? Me. Me. Just, 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 just stop here. All of a sudden, God didn't, was not the Torah, wasn't the laws. God all of a sudden became a person, not a product, with a promise. We do this, we get into the promised land. Why are you persecuting me? All of a sudden, God became so real. Jesus shows up and then transforms his life, and he spent three years of his life deconstructing. He went and was taught and realized what Jesus was doing, spent time with the disciples, what's going on. He took three years of his life, and that's why. So when he writes this, these scriptures, there's it's so much more than what we think the Bible is. It's, it's deeply rich, personal. It's his emotions, and he's talking to a certain group of people. So let's just jump in here, and he says this. He's, and for all of us who are, like, who are thinking, no, 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 well, I, I, I used to believe this, and I think it's that, let me just, let me just tell you what he think, he's saying. Colossians 2, uh, 2, verse 16, he says this. He says, hey, let me just talk to you. He's talking to Jewish people. He's talking to people who've been raised in a certain faith or denomination. He says, hey, 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 let me just tell you. So don't, don't let anyone judge you about eating or drinking and about a festival, a new moon observance or Sabbath. These religious practices are only a shadow of what was coming. And this is cool. He says, the body that casts the shadow is... It's Christ. Now, I just want to let you know, we think, oh, this is cool, because we have been brought up with this idea of, yeah, 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 it's not about religion. It's all, all about that. But these people were like, no, 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 it's about the eating. It's about the drinking. It's about the festivals. It's about the new moon, bro. 
What are you talking about? You are unwriting or you are deconstructing all of the Old Testament, all the generational stuff that we've been taught for, 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 for all these time, for all this time. What are you doing? And he's like, no, 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 fans, there's something more going on. It is no longer this product that you have to. No, God is bigger that and that, than that. And you and I have to reimagine him. Let me tell you, I have seen something of God that's not in the Torah. It's b- bigger than that. It's bigger than that. He's saying, hey, all of these religions just don't work. He, he keeps on going, right? And what does he say in verse 20? He said, if you died with Christ to the way that the world thinks and acts, why do you submit to rules and regulations and as though you were living in the world? Don't handle, don't touch, I mean, don't taste, don't touch. All these things cease to exist when they were used. Such rules are what? Are human commandments and teachings. They look like they are wise with this self-made religion and their self-denial but the harsh treatment of the body. But, 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 they are no help against indulging in selfish, immoral behavior. He's saying, friends, we've been using God and, as a product for so long. We've been using the law of God as a product for so long, and it does not work. We're dealing with the same stuff. He's the one guy who's saying, hey, by the way, I know that we have all these laws. We have the 10, but then we also have the 300 plus laws in the Jewish tradition. Let me just tell you, is it helping your depression? Is it really getting, getting those evil thoughts out of you? Is it really allowing you to be comfortable in your own skin? Is it getting you up in the morning? It's not, is it? How many times have you said this verse? And you just think, and you just think, how many times have you felt bad that you didn't have enough faith to heal yourself? He's like, it doesn't, it's not work. That's not, friends, he's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, he just, he's like the first guy who's like, it does this, this whole thing does not work. It comes down. And, and friends, I mean, in light of what we are right now in this world and in, in the U.S., I mean, in light of the fact that we have this mental health awareness month going on, I mean, there are friends of ours who've committed suicide because they lost hope. And as long as we preach the gospel and preach the scriptures and preach Jesus and God as a product, then they're going, well, the, if the product is not, if this product is supposed to work, then what's wrong, then the only thing that's wrong is what? Me. And if we don't t- teach people that, hey, hey, besides this idea of like original sin, listen, when you're not, like, you weren't made a problem. You were made out of love. You have, you have intrinsic value, and that's why you have, you have inherent worth. You have worth. You are loved more than you could ever imagine. Could you imagine, like, P- Paul going, hold up, hold up. Then I am more than just the good and bad in me? What? You're saying that what Jesus did on the cross redeemed humanity and then redeemed all of creation? You're telling me that he took away this idea of not just the sin. No, 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 because we think he took away lust. He didn't. If you're like, no, he did. Really? Really? 
No, he took away the system, the always, the good and the bad. The, the, he took away something that's bigger than we understand. He took away and he set us free. Like I've been saying, he set us free. And as long as we keep thinking, no, 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 no our, our, our holiness depends on how much of the, the scriptures, even the Bible we apply, it doesn't work. And see, what they were doing in his generation, we are doing in our generation. We're taking the scriptures and we're going, we're going to apply this and apply this and apply this and apply this. Why? Because the Bible or the Torah said, hide your word in my heart, right? I will hide your word in my heart so I might not, what? sin against you, then why in the world are we still sinning? Because I know a lot of people who have memorized all of Scripture. I know demons who quote Scriptures. I'm not talking about people. <laughs> not talking about people. Just a few pastors. Not talking about people. No, no, I'm, just, I'm joking, I'm joking. But we, we've done this. Why? So, so, no, no, it's not that it doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not that the scriptures are not alive and active and there's, there's so much depth to them. No, 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 no. We just limited them to apply them in a certain way that is not right. It is not right. And we've anchored our relationship to God to what has been written. We've anchored our relationship to God right now to a relationship that these people, Paul had with Jesus. And we're living that out. We are not going to get a fresh word from God because we're just going to read what God said to Paul. So it's our excuse to go, well, I, I don't, no, 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 God's word is, God's word is the Bible and I don't get a word. Friends, I love the scriptures, but it is not God's word. You're like, whoa. No, no, I'll tell you that. I'm not making this up. The, the, the Bible, the God's word, says that it's not the God's word. I'll just read it to you. John 1. In the beginning was the word. Not the Bible. The word was with God. That does not mean that God was in the garden going, walking around with my Bible. It's awesome. It's awesome. Nope, that didn't happen. The word was God. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, look, look, look at this. All of a sudden, he goes like, he goes, and he, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made and has ever been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Who is the word of God? Jesus Your faith and my faith, if it's not anchored on him, it's anchored on a product. If it's not anchored on him, it's not going to last. You can apply it all day long. That rash is not going to go away. <laughs> if you don't have a relationship with the God of the universe, none of this makes sense. You and I don't make sense. My sin doesn't make sense. The grace he gives me doesn't make sense. It makes sense if you, if, you, if you know him, if you know him. So Paul continues. He says this. And this is, I mean, if you don't get, I mean, this is, it's right here. He says, so, so, live. Live in Christ Jesus, the Lord, in the same way you've received him. 
Be rooted and built up in him. Be established in faith and overflow with thanksgiving. Just as you were taught, see to it that no one enslaves you by philosophies and foolish deception which conforms to human traditions and the way the world thinks and acts rather than Christ. He keeps on going. Chapter 3, he says, Therefore, as God's choice. I mean, let's stop right there, yo. God's choice. God's choice. You're, you're God's choice. You're like, nah, no, 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 you're God's choice. Deal with it. You're God's choice. And then he says, holy, holy. Now, holy does not mean that you're never going to sin again. Holy means you have been made whole with him. You have this open heaven with him now. You've been set apart. The word there is kadosh. You've been set apart. Holy and loved. So what does God's choice mean? You're holy and loved. And then he says, because of that, friends, because of him and your relationship with him, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And, and if someone has a complaint against some, anyone, forgive each other just as the Lord forgave you. So also forgive each other. And, and over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, the peace of Christ must, it must control your hearts. A peace into which you were called into one body. See, one body is, is the church. And see, it used to be, the, the, it used to be a, the church used to be a place where, where, where it was so filled with just people that people never thought of church as a place. It was a certain kind of people. It was all about relationships. So if God is not a product with a promise, then what is he? He is, he is, I mean, I know that language and words limit us, but he is a person with a presence. And our interaction with him, his goal for us is to move us to become a certain kind of person with a certain kind of presence. And when he talks about being one body, he's saying, I'm creating a church, a people that have a certain kind of personality and they have a certain kind of presence in this world. You and I know we are shaped negatively or positively with the people in our life. With a lack of presence or enough presence, we feel the weight of someone not being present in our lives. Why? Because the way we're wired up, it means that we are wired up with a sense of we have to be connected relationally to each other. And that's why, friends, when God comes down and he goes, I'm going to reconcile and restore humanity, he comes down in a, in a relationship. That's why Jesus was born into, he was Ben-Hadad, which is the son of man. That's why Jesus would always call himself Ben-Hadad. He was like, son of man, son of man. And people were like, what, what are you calling son of man? Because son of man versus son of God. Son of man was very much a very uh, humbling term. But he was reminding them, like, hey, I, I'm human. There's a reason. Like, see, God loves to see us grow. He loves to see humanity go, and he loves this interaction. So God is saying to us, if you're going to interact with me, I am not a product with a promise. I am a person with a presence, 
And I want to change your life. I want to be in your life. I want to know you. I want to meet you. And I want to change you from the inside out. And so if, as long as we start applying everything, the Bible, the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, all of these as a product, we're going to miss out on things. As long as we think, no, this is the recipe. This is the thing. I got to say this. I got to say this. And if I don't say this, if I don't say it right, it's not going to work. You have to know him. And you're invited into that. We're invited into that. I mean, if you don't believe me, this is Jesus. Jesus talking to his disciples. John 15, he says this. He says, this is the Passion Translation. It's the Paraphrase Translation, which is really powerful. Uh, it says this. He says, I have, I have, help me out, actually. I have what? Never called you what? Servants. Okay, because a master doesn't confide in his servants, and his servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my what? Help me out. My what? My most intimate and cherished friends. For I, for I reveal to you everything that I heard from the Father. He's like, hey, hey I, this, this, this is not going to work if it's not a friendship. Your relationship with God is not going to work if it's not a friendship. I hate it for you. It, it, it's not going to work. And for some of you, you're like, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't know about this. I'm not, good with, I'm not good with friendships. I get that. I'm not good with people. I'm not good with relationships. I get that. But you're wired up that way. I'll tell you why you're wired up that way. If you go back, 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 back into the creation story, back, back in the creation story, okay? If you remember it, if some of you guys remember it, creation story. God made the animals, made, uh, made Adam, made the animals, right? And then he was like, something's missing, right? Right? You guys remember that? Do you know what God said to him? God said to him, it is what? It is not good for man to be what? Alone. Stop right there. He wasn't. He had God there. God said, the way you're wired up, I'm not enough. I know I'm here with you. It's not enough. I mean, Adam could be like, no, I got a song. You are more than enough for me. And God's like, nope, no, something missing, something missing. Because if God didn't give us relationships, we will never understand how intimate of a friendship he wants with us. And so he's inviting us to that. Is it deeper? Yes. Is it more accountability? Yes. So where are you with this? Are you okay with just him being a product? And I'll tell you the signs of him being a product in your life. You are done learning. You're done growing. You don't want to read anything. You're good with your denominations. You're like, we do this, and we've been doing this uh, this way, and my grandfather did this, and my sister's sisters did this, and I'm good, and I'm good. Give me some verses. I'm good to go. And I have taken what I know of the scriptures and what I know of the Bible. It's working for me. I apply it in my office here and there. I got a fish thingy thingy I used to have, but anyways, but I do, I do that, and I sometimes do a devotion, you know, not even devotional. I'll do a little thank you, Jesus, on the, on the food thing, and you know, and if you're good with that, if you're good with that, friends, and I mean, I mean, there's some people who are like good with that, you're good with it. You're good with it. And I think it's going to work for you a little bit. It's going to work for you a little bit. You know just enough of God to make it work. But you and I are going to miss out. See, here's my problem. I think that the church, that's why we're talking about reimagining God, because I hope, like, the, all the churches in the freaking universe would start having these conversations. 
Because I'll tell you what consistently God does in the scriptures. Consistently. He takes people who should know all about him and tells, and paints, and, and tells a story how they were the most clueless. The Christmas story. The Christmas story. There is a group of people called the Magi. Anybody remember the Magi? Okay, people call them wise men. Magi. They were not Jewish. They were the opposite of anything Jewish. They were scientists. They were maybe even modern day, I don't know what, uh, you know, nuclear physicists. They were people who were like, we're doing scientific stuff. We're looking at the science of things. We're also combining science and astrology. We're doing all of those things. We're, we're getting into all kinds of things over here. And Jewish people didn't want anything to do with those pagan Gentiles. And so these guys show up into town and they go, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but a Messiah is going to be born. Not ours, yours. In fact, I think he's going to be inside the whole world, but he's a Jewish guy. And they're like, uh, I don't think so. Uh, not, not, no, nope, nope, I don't think so. You know, you know the story. They surprise them. The king, the Jewish king there goes, what? He calls the people, go, did you not tell me this was going to happen? They're like, well, we kind of thought, I don't think so it's going to happen like this. I don't think so. These guys are, you know, science people. I don't know about them. We are, we have faith. And guess what happens? It's true. And you know what does, that, what does that to me? What does that to me is challenges me that can I be in the center of God activity and not, not recognize him? Can God be birthing something new and I don't even see it? It's like Buddhists coming to us and saying, hey, did you know about this, about Jesus? And we're like, you don't know nothing. And we're like, Really? Because I think, what, what does all of that mean? That means they were just searching. They were just not satisfied. And I think what's happening is, is for some, from some of us, Jesus is the product that we are satisfied with. And it's good. And it's working, and we do the church thing. And he's trying to birth new things in us and show us things. And I would hate that the next thing that happens, like the church finds out later. Wouldn't it be great for us to go, we're going to pursue God like he's a person in a friendship. We're going to pursue him and be, and be envious, have a holy envy of people who, who are pursuing him even more. Like, we want to look at other practices and go, why are they so committed to this? Why, why am I not moving in this friendship more? What would happen, friends? I think it would change the game. What would happen is that all of a sudden, the church would represent Christ. It would be, become Christ and have his presence in the world. It will change the game for us if we do this. So today, here's what I'm doing. I want to invite you to, I, I, I want to invite you to a relationship that is confusing because all relationships are confusing. But I want to invite you to this mystery to push forward, 
Paul says it this way. He says, for now, we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete, but, but one day, one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. I love the fact that he uses the word mystery because the word mystery does not mean something that cannot be known. Mystery, the definition of mystery is something that will be revealed slowly as you pursue it. That's why God is always referred to as a mystery. Are we going to, though, pursue to know more and more and more of him. And that means kind of putting aside some things and reimagining, man, that there's so much more to God. So I want to invite you to meet and know, meet and know the one, um, the God who sent his son, to send his son uh, to us to experience um, life, um, with his presence inside of us. I, I want to invite you to meet and know and be friends with God um, and see where he takes you. Let's do that, right? So in this moment, you know, we're going to, I want to pray for you, but uh, and we're going to sing a song we usually do. But I want to just take a moment where I want you to just consider your interaction or relationship or lack thereof with him. And we're, I want to pray for us and then you can go and receive communion if you're here in the room and go to the cross and light a candle. We do this because we want you to have your unique response to what God is saying to you. And for some of you, that just means sitting where you are and not moving for a little bit because you've always viewed God as a product and never as a person. You've always thought of him as something you need to apply and not grow into and not live with. And it's, it's, it's really hurting you because you're going from one conversation to the next, one even drug to the next, one experience to the next, one other relationship to the next. You're going to whatever to meet this need that is not going to be met until you know him. And it will change the game for you. See, he changed the game for me, friends, and that's all I got. He changed the game for me. Talk about reimagining who God is as a Muslim growing up. Change the game. So, let's meet and know him. And then allow him to change us, to become the person he created us to be. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for sending a part, you, yourself, yourself to earth, showing us that there's so much more, so much more out there. God, allow us to move past our, our cynicism, our disappointment, maybe even um, our mediocrity. God, allow us to brush off some of the things that we've been just satisfied with. That God, there's just so much more 
out there to experience. God, move us out of fear of getting even lost in your presence, God. Move us out of anxiety. Move us out of being just so hyper-religious. Move us out of pride and into this humble pursuit of all that you have for us. And Father, I pray that we would know that this is eternal life, to believe in you and the one whom you have sent. God, if it's as simple as that, God, I want to meet and know you and the one whom you have sent. God, I pray that you birth eternal life in us. We give you our lives. We give you our future. God, move us. Move us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.